0: Faith for Today with Colin Urquhart and Julia Fisher. Last week we had the most fascinating week of programmes, Colin, looking at uh, some prophecy in Isaiah, of course written centuries before Jesus was born. And now, of course, it's Christmas week and we're turning our attention to Luke's gospel to see what the New Testament has to say about the incarnation of Jesus. Yes, we're not going to focus on the events that surround his birth as they're recorded in in Matthew and Luke, except for today when we will look at some of the prophetic words that were spoken uh, about Jesus. But what we're going to focus on is what the New Testament says about the meaning of the incarnation, of why Jesus became uh, man for us and what that incarnation accomplished. But we're going to begin with um, Mary's words, usually called the Magnificat, um, which we find in Luke 1, beginning at verse 46. This is, of course, when uh, Mary has gone to visit Elizabeth and um, Elizabeth has said, As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. That is, of course, John the Baptist or one who would become John the Baptist. And then um, Elizabeth says of Mary, Blessed is she who has believed what the Lord has said to her, uh, that, that what the Lord has said to her will be accomplished. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, even, as he said, to our forefathers. Now, Mary is really talking at two levels at once, or, if you like, the Spirit of God is enabling her to prophesy at two levels at once. She's talking on the one hand of the nature and the character of God as he has always revealed himself to his people. He is the God of salvation in the Old Testament as well as in the New Testament. But of course she is also speaking prophetically about the child that she is to give birth to who is going to become the savior of the world. So she starts with this exclamation of praise, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Worship is a joyful thing because we are worshiping the God of all majesty and glory. But she's rejoicing in God as the Savior because the one who is to be born in her is to become the Savior. Now, she says, he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. We're going to see this week how important this word humble is. We're going to see what it really means for Jesus to humble himself and take humanity upon himself. But of course, Mary is here Talking of her own humility, she was not a woman of high birth of of the aristocracy. She was not wealthy or anything of that nature. She was probably a, a sixteen-year-old uh, who just lived in this backwater um, and uh, of, of of Nazareth, and she was really. A nobody, at least in the eyes of the world. But in the eyes of God, she was the one that he had prepared for this tremendous, uh, this wonderful privilege of bearing the, the Christ child. So Jesus if you like, is of humble birth. Not because he was born in a stable, that's just another sign of, of that humility, but because he, he didn't come from what appeared to, to be uh, you know, somebody famous, somebody well-known, someone of note, except that he was born in the lineage of David. And that was important because it was always known that the Messiah would be born of that royal line. So even though Jesus was able to, to um, or we can, if you like, trace his lineage back to David, yet the circumstances of his birth were very humble. Given that Mary was so humble, as you say, it makes these words all the more incredible, doesn't it? That it must have been such a divine revelation she had. Yes, and uh, what a woman of faith to understand what God was saying to her that all generations would call her blessed. And, of course, she is known as as the Blessed Virgin Mary, because she was a virgin when she conceived Jesus. Uh, So, you know, that prophecy has been fulfilled, and we should have, uh, rightly, a great respect for Mary, um, not to pray to her, not to worship her. Nowhere in scripture is it suggested that we should do that. But we certainly honor her as the one that God chose to be the mother of our Lord. So she says, for the mighty one has done great things for me, holy is his name. I mean, how can a a young woman like this really come to terms with this tremendous revelation that she has been given, that the child that will be born will be called the son of God, because that is what the angel had told to her. And then she prophesies, you see, his mercy, that is God's mercy, his forgiveness, extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. Why did God choose Mary? Well, for one thing, she lived in the fear of the Lord, which is why she consented to what the angel said to her. And you see... He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. Well, God has always done that. He's performed a mighty deed by making her pregnant by the Holy Spirit. And of course, through Jesus, he is going to perform mighty deeds. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. Well, we know God raises up the humble, but he pours down the proud. And we're going to see later in this week just how humble Jesus was. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things and has sent the rich away empty. Now, can you see that in all these, these prophetic words, Mary is speaking about what will be accomplished through Jesus as if it has already happened. Jesus taught us to pray by saying that whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Faith sees what God needs to do as an accomplished fact, not as a future event. Future events are hope, but faith relates to what God does in the here and now. So, Mary is talking about what God is going to accomplish through his Son. Of course, this is in, if you like, the sequence, the direct sequence of what God has always done among his people Israel because he is the same God. This is God becoming man in Jesus Christ. So, she can talk of his mercy that is going to come about through this child, the mighty deeds that God is going to do, how the proud are going to be scattered, like all those proud Pharisees and teachers of the law that resisted Jesus, how rulers and thrones are gonna be poured down in the future, but God is going to lift up the humble. And of course, that is still the case today. Those who are proud refuse to turn to Christ, refuse to put their faith in him. Many people will celebrate a very worldly kind of Christmas, but they won't necessarily humble themselves before God. They won't come to him to receive the life that he was born to give to us. So we need to rejoice that the life of God, the love of God, the power of God, the salvation of God was accomplished in Jesus and is made available to us because of all he did when he became man. And we can only be thankful to God that he has blessed our lives in such a wonderful way.